Here we are again, another episode regarding COVID, PPP, EIDL, but I promise it's good, quick information that you need to know to the point, action items that you can take if you are a business owner that has taken PPP and or EIDL or you're considering doing it. We're coming up against some tight deadlines, but there's some pitfalls you need to know. So come on and keep listening. Welcome to the Business Bites Podcast, the podcast for busy entrepreneurs. Whether you're an online entrepreneur or seeking after brick and mortar success, this podcast brings you quick bites of content so you can learn and grow anywhere you are. Now here's your host, Rachel Brainke. Hey friends, Rachel Brainke. Before I get into the episode, wanted to give a heads up on a trademark promotion that we're doing over at Eden Law. Eden Law is my law firm. We do a lot of work protecting your brands through trademark registration, copyright registration, anything related to that. So FYI, in the month of August through August 31st, we are offering $500 off our flat rate trademark application packages. Just when you go over, submit through the contact form, let them know that you came from the Business Spice podcast and we'll get that $500 taken off for you and get your brand protected. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Business Bites Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Branke, and I am joined today with my own CPA, Andrew Jordan of Andrew Jordan CPA Services. As always, we're going to have everything linked on the show notes page, but I'm excited for us to chit-chat today about PPP and EIDL. Andrew's done a phenomenal job of keeping me up to date since I have also partook in these programs, but he contacted me to let me know that there's been some big changes and some pitfalls we had to look for. So I yanked him onto this podcast. So Andrew, thank you for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Rachel. I know you're super busy dealing with people like me, but let's go ahead and dig in first and talk a little bit about the EIDL, kind of just a tidbit of what it is and what we're looking for. Yeah, so the Economic Injury Disaster Loan is what that stands for. And it's important to know that this program has actually been around for years. Anytime there's a big national disaster, the government will make these loans available. And so they just kind of blanket made them available to businesses during coronavirus. But this is important to know because they kind of bolted onto this existing program. It's not something they designed specifically for the CARES Act. And so that's that gotcha that we talked about, uh, you and I, off before which is this. The EIDL program is designed to help businesses get back after like a tornado or a flood or some natural disaster. And so it's a 30-year fixed interest rate uh, loan. It's really low interest rate. So a lot of people saw this and said, man, this is great. I have 30 days to pay it back. I have 30 years to pay it back. But the gotcha here is you cannot take any distributions until you have repaid the entire thing. And this is pretty locked down, like no bonuses, no loans to owners, nothing that could benefit an owner, can't distribute any assets until you fully pay the thing back. So a lot of people got this loan, and they didn't read the fine print, right? Because this was when everything was going crazy. No one was talking about this, and they thought they had 30 years to pay back this loan. And for a lot of businesses, they kind of survive on some of those distributions. And so not being able to take distributions can be a really big deal. Now, if you're a sole proprietorship, we think you'll be able to take out distributions. But if you're any other kind of business, like if you're a corporation, for example, like we have a lot of S-corporations, small businesses in America, if you try taking out distributions because you've always done that, you could run afoul of these rules and you could potentially be in big trouble. So what does that mean if you didn't realize all that and you're sitting here and you're going, oh my gosh, like how does one navigate that? Because what I'm hearing is I can't pay myself. 
Yeah. So if you're, say, an S corporation, you can still pay yourself your normal wages. Okay. Right. So you can still do that. But a lot of S corporations, you try and keep your wages pretty low and then you pay distributions. And that's an important part of your family's income. Well, all of a sudden, those distributions, you can't do them and you can't just get around it again by paying a bonus, for example. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty well locked down. That is a big deal for a lot of people, especially because a lot of people weren't aware of it. So the public policy reason for that would be so people aren't just pulling these loans and paying themselves and going buying Porsches, right? Exactly right. Yeah, that's what they're trying to avoid. And and so you have a couple options what you can do. You can always repay the money because as soon as you repay the money, then you can go back to normal. But another option, and this is what I'd encourage people to do if you can, like hold off. Hold off on distributions for sure. If you've already done some, like stop doing them. There's definitely a chance and there's talk of Congress fixing this or SBA fixing or someone in the government fixing this and making it so you can do those normal distributions you're used to doing. Because this wasn't an intended effect. Like, again, this is just a bolt on. The government looked around and said, we have this existing program. Let's use it to get money to people. This is an unintended consequence. So they could fix it, but there's no guarantees of that. So what if you're someone sitting here, and I think you kind of already addressed this, but they're an LLC. So obviously they don't necessarily identify as sole prop, even though IRS sees them that way. And they're obviously not an S-corp. So they're either not an LLC that's taken S-corp election, or they're not a corporation that has elected to be taxed as an S-corp. Those people sitting there with that LLC are thinking, what do I do? I don't normally W-2 myself. So is that all distributions? I mean, how do they navigate this? Yeah, so it's a really good question. So if you are not like if you're a sole proprietorship, so you're not paying wages, then all you can take from your business is distributions. It is my understanding, and I've checked with other CPAs about that, that those people are probably fine mm-hmm. to take distributions because even though they're distributions, that the government is going to view them differently. Now, that being said, you better check with your own tax advisor and in some cases, possibly your attorney, mm-hmm. because this thing could get dicey pretty quickly. The, again, this wasn't anyone's intention in the government who set this up. It's just a matter of how it comes down to enforcement. Mm-hmm. Which is a good side note. If you need a CPA, Andrew Jordan. If you Thank need an you. attorney, Rachel Branke. Like, Very y'all are good. The other thing, it's good to remember, and I want to start out too, because we're going to talk about PPP and EIDL. Guys, if you're listening to this, I know if you have a business, you've already been through the ringer, and the last thing you needed was trying to keep up with these multiple government programs that changed all the time, and it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. But the minutes you will spend on these programs and learning about them are probably some of the most important things you'll do for your business this year. So like this EIDL, if you remember back in February or March, it was like every business is going to get a $10,000 grant, just like every American got $1,200, right? You remember that? I'm laughing because I'm still (laughs) a little salty about the change. (laughs) Yeah, no, I am too because it hurt a lot of people who were thinking they would get $10,000 really quickly. The program ran out of money. Like it was totally suspended for about a month there this spring. So it's been a roller coaster ride. A lot of people ended up getting $1,000 per employee. So if you're sole proprietorship, maybe $1,000. Yeah. And so the other thing, these two programs interplay. So if you got even, say, that $1,000 and you also got a PPP, mm-hmm. people didn't necessarily realize you don't technically have to repay that $1,000. That's true. But it will reduce the amount of forgiveness you'll get on PPP by $1,000. So in, in effect, you don't get a double dip is what they're trying to keep you from doing. But it wasn't necessarily clear to people. You're probably going to have to basically repay that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of those things is I had submitted for the EIDL grant when they were like 10,000. But by the time they got through applications, it was like scraping the barrel. And many mm-hmm. people were in my inbox going, but I applied. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. And then there was a whole host of issues with PPP. I mean, as many of y'all probably saw, there was round one and then there was round two. And so let's talk a little bit about PPP here because this recording is in August. August. And so all the PPP stuff was roughly, I know my distribution was about beginning of May. So we're talking March, April timeframe. We still have a little bit to go in the time period until we have to uh, apply for forgiveness. Yeah. And what I would tell people, and, and we're recording this early August and things will change, I'm sure by the time this this gets published, but don't rush to do the forgiveness piece. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One is they're not actually ready as of when we're recording this to process forgiveness in the first place. Surprise. <laughs> I, I've kind of gotten a surprising number of people who are kind of chomping at the bit. You know, if you got even a 50,000 PPP loan, that's hanging over your head at this point and yeah, you want to get yeah. the forgiveness and I get it. But what the government's talking about right now, and they've been talking about this for a long time, but it's gaining traction, is automatic forgiveness under a certain dollar amount. So the, the most popular I've heard is 100000 or 150000 because it, that only represents like a small percentage of the dollars given out in the program, but it's a disproportionate number of the people who got the program. And mm-hmm. so they would just eliminate so much headache, especially for small businesses, and just blanket forgive it. And so we don't know what that would mean or exactly how that would work, but the last thing you want to do is rush to do the forgiveness. So also as far as timeline goes on this, you had – originally this was eight weeks. They extended it to 24 weeks from when you got the money. So you got your money, let's say, early May. You got 24 weeks. That's almost six months. That's the forgiveness period to spend the money. And then after that, you have a further 10 months to do your forgiveness piece. Not that I'm encouraging you to wait that long, but you have like almost like a year and a half plus before from when you get the money until you have to do the forgiveness piece. And some banks are already sending out emails and it's kind of freaking people out because they're starting to get their stuff together. Just because your bank sends you an email doesn't mean you have to do this right now. Wait and see if you'd qualify for the automatic forgiveness. Yeah, I was actually just talking with my own clients in the firm yesterday based on your advice here. And I, you know, I always say talk to your CPA, but this is what mine had told me just from a practical standpoint of just waiting to do the application, because my fear would be if you rush and do it now and because they're not prepared, it ends up getting entangled in this denial of forgiveness. It's harder to unpack and unravel all that than just sitting and waiting. And I'm one of those, y'all. Andrew's talking to me when <laughs> he's like, you wait, just wait, just wait, because I'm chomping at the bit because I don't like that kind of stuff hanging over me. But to me, it would be just better in the end to wait to see what happens with the automatic forgiveness it save you time and money and you just don't want to get caught into some, you know, who knows if you get a rejection for forgiveness and then you try to appeal, it just becomes a whole thing. Yeah, it becomes a whole thing. And Rachel, you sound a little bit like my therapist there. Like you have to sit with the discomfort, right? <laughs> sit with the discomfort for a little bit here and that's the best thing you can do for sure. Hey, yep. and I think your, your forgiveness, because of the way they've changed this, your forgiveness is either going to be really, really easy in which case, like, that's going to be most people, or it's going to be really hard. And if it's really hard, you should not even attempt to do it yourself. You need to get with a professional. But it'll be oh, one of the two. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? We say that a lot on this podcast, but this is like one of those areas also in addition to like contract drafting that I would not do on your own. This is why I have this man right here just because like I'm smart enough to figure it out, but also I don't want to deal with it. And it's his job to stay on the up and up with all of that. So definitely just, just find somebody. And I will be linking FYI, all of this information as well as updates as things come out. The show notes page for this episode is rachelbranke.com forward slash EPI one two eight. And so I'll also be linking to some other episodes that we've done in the past on this subject matter. So if you want to go back, most of those are kind of out of date now since things have been changing so much, but there's still some good nuggets. And like I said, updates as well. Cool. Sounds awesome. All right. So do we cover everything? I mean, what else do we have left? So PPP, forgiveness, wait on that. Don't freak out. EIDL, um, obviously don't take distributions if you are able to and so you're able to pay it back in full. That's the two big takeaways I've gotten so far. Do you have That's it. Yeah, those are the big things and I'm glad we covered them both. Yeah, good. Well, nice, quick and easy episode. You guys know that I try to get in and get in and get out on it. I definitely encourage you, especially since this is August time period. Um, you're probably not going to be listening to this later on since it might be stale information later, but get your stuff set up for next year. Oh, because, and this is a question to punt to you, Andrew, how is all of this going to impact our taxes next year? You know, that is a, a super good question. So one of the gotchas that happened is Congress actually wrote into the CARES Act. It's as plain as day in the CARES Act. This money for PPP specifically, if you get it forgiven, it will not be taxable to you. And like yeah. that's in the law. But the IRS came along and they found a loophole and they said, okay, well, we won't tax the forgiveness, but we won't allow you to deduct as an expense any mm-hmm expense you paid for with the forgivable money or forgiven money. Therefore, if you got a $50,000 PPP loan, you spent it on business expenses, you got it forgiven, your net income for taxes just went up $50,000. And Congress is pretty annoyed about this. Honestly, there's been some really great sound bites you can listen to because this is exactly what they wrote into the law they did not want to have happen. It's not the intent at all. But it's the position IRS has taken, and, they, and they, it's IRS's official position as of beginning of August. I think it's a pretty good chance of getting fixed because people on both sides of the aisle are pretty unhappy about it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a big problem for a lot of businesses. You get a $100,000 PPP loan, plan on a $30,000 extra tax bill next April. That sucks. Yeah. That sucks yeah. for people. You, you only know? hear crying about that time. <laughs> it's bad. So I think there's a really good chance it gets fixed. But you should know, like when we're doing estimates for all of our clients, we're calculating them. We're telling them, here's what we calculated if you get it forgiven and IRS mm-hmm. fixes it. And here's if IRS doesn't fix it. And mm-hmm. you need to know both numbers. So where we're sitting right now is PPP ship basically has sailed as far as being able to take a bite of that apple. EIDL is still active, correct? So those listening can still get that. Yeah. And even PPP, like as of when we're recording this, there are a few days left to apply for it. It still has like a hundred plus billion dollars in it. So politicians are talking about extending it, maybe making it available, doing like another round of it and making Mm -hmm. it with different rules, whole different set of rules. So it's possible some more PPP kind of comes along. EIDL though, yeah, is still active through the end of the year, although it's entirely possible that goes away if they run out of funding again. 
Right. So those are the big two things that we've seen this year to help small businesses. What are some other recommendations? I know with, I have one business in a city and then I'm another business in a county over here and I've seen they're vastly operating differently with this. You know, the city is like pumping out grants. The county is like, I'm not giving you a dime. It's just like, it's, it's been this whirlwind of all these smaller jurisdictions are left to do what they want. Obviously it's because it's their money. What would you recommend though? If some people are standing there going, my county, my city, my state's not helping me at all. Where else can we look? Well, the thing I would say is it's hard to find those programs, and there are a lot of states that are doing programs. It's just they're not very well advertised. So it's worth spending a few minutes and looking up in your state, especially like if we're talking about businesses that are completely shut down, gyms, Mm -hmm. theaters, um, those kind of ones, even restaurants are impacted a lot. Those are the ones that the grants and things are mainly available to. So if you've been significantly impacted, I mean, definitely check your state, city, and county and and do some digging because they're hard to find. But beyond that, depending on your situation, like if your business has really been tanked, there are some nonprofits that have grants and funding specifically available. Like I know our local community foundation, they have a bunch of money they're giving out to help, not nonprofits even necessarily, but in some cases, businesses. Yeah, I know our local Chamber of Commerce has been doing a lot. Um, the city mm-hmm. was trying to do it as well. But they also, some of the required criteria was how much business have you lost, right? How much revenue have you lost? And so sure. that's good. I think it's good that they have qualifiers that way um, as well. But so y'all listening, just make sure, don't feel like you've missed the boat. You know, a couple more days on PPP, EIDL, perhaps for the end of the year. But if you're really thinking about doing it, don't delay. And then check with your local jurisdictions to see what's available. I'll try to see if I can source some other, um, you know, sources, just kind of give you guys some examples of what to poke around for. I'll stick that onto the show notes page. Andrew, anything else you can think of that business owners should keep in mind right now? I guess we're kind of just in a holding pattern, really. You know, with my clients, I have some clients that were completely shut down for several months and they're doing awesome now. I have some clients that weren't affected a lot and they're having maybe their best year ever. So I know for a lot of people, it's been really, really tough and some people are still shut down. And so I I'm, I'm don't want to make light of that. But mm-hmm. the things that you talk about on this podcast all the time, by applying those, like those good good pieces of advice work in any economy. And so mm-hmm. when the economy is down and when things are tough, there are still a lot of opportunities to be had. Maybe mm-hmm. it's by pivoting. Maybe it's by changing something. But from what it's worth, from my vantage point, and we work exclusively with businesses, there's a lot of businesses that have found ways to not just survive and not just float along, but to turn it into a good thing for their business. It really is yeah. happening in a lot of places. You know, I've been super excited to see that, especially in the legal industry. You know, I, all, all, most of my attorney friends are like running around with chickens with their heads cut off and we're over here yeah. like, we've had these systems in place. I'm happy to help you, you know. But one thing that it did just come to my mind when you said that was I've talked in the episode previously about becoming an LLC. Should you have a new LLC for every brand? And I've shared that way my structure is, except for the law firm, I have the main one LLC and then I have DBAs below that. Well, I noticed when I was going to submit for um, the EID, grant and, and, and PPP, I guess, but I could only get one 1,000 because I only had one employee for that one LLC, whereas if I had had multiple LLCs, there would have potential for more. Um, it just kind of like a structure advantage that I saw that maybe in the future, even I would probably co- go to the forefront and really encourage my clients to go, no, maybe we need to have separate LLCs here as opposed to keeping it all under one. Makes sense. 
Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, Andrew. I appreciate it. We'll have you back as soon as the government gets their stuff together and decides to tell us what we should do. Again, everyone, make sure you go to the show notes page, rachelbranke.com forward slash EPI 128. Show notes going to link to Andrew's stuff and also past episodes. And I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for joining Rachel on this episode of The Business Bites. For show notes, a list of recommended tools, or referenced episodes, you can find them at businessbytespodcast.com. Until next time.